Ultra. Welcome back to the Cornetto Minute, the daily podcast where we crawl our way to the bitter end of the world's end, one minute at a time. I'm Nick Jimenez. I'm Scott Corelli. Today, we're preparing to annihilate Minute 4, which begins with Gary bumping into Sam and the Disabled and ends with someone in Gary's group therapy session asking if he's disappointed. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so that's what they did in the Disabled. Hmm. Bumped into her again. <laughs> I like I love all the wordplay in this in this uh, movie. Yeah, and it it, be, um, it becomes even funnier at the end of this minute when you learn of the context of this yeah. of this narrative or of this monologue that, that Gary's giving. Yeah, yeah, the fact that he's in a group therapy session and he's like, I bumped into uh, my friend's sister, and then we went into the disables, oh, and I bumped, bumped into her again. She was <laughs> Just pretty. Like, <laughs> yeah. Just saying that to a bunch of people in a group therapy session. Is this AA? Uh, is this is this Alcoholics Anonymous or is this No, no, because uh none of them have shoelaces, so it's a suicide. Oh, that's right, that's right. Suicide uh prevention something something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh he bumps into Sam and then he bumps into her again. Mm-hmm. Um and they go to the mermaid. Yeah, so they go to the mermaid the afterwards. And dance a little bit. And then he's just like, he has to like basically get rid of her because he's like, look, I've got, I've got other things I got to do tonight. I can't hang out with you anymore. And her name was Amber. Yeah. I have another date tonight. (laughs) And her name was Amber. Really good. It's it's so good. Really good on the, uh, the actress playing young Sam really selling the that quintessential kind of teenage heartbreak of finding out that the dude you just hooked up with is a total shitbag. Yeah, tool. Tool. Yeah. Yep. Real big tool. Big old tool. Uh I love the cheers though. Uh um, yeah. that where the beer spills everywhere. I just find all of that very satisfying. Like beer spilling over. Mm-hmm. Cup running over. Yeah. It's very satisfying. Uh, and then they uh, did you ever watch him fight? Did you ever watch him? Did you ever watch American Vandal? Yeah, of course. Uh, the young, young, uh, not Oliver, but young Peter looks a lot like uh, the guy who's a little bitch. Yes. In American Vandal. Yes, he does. You're right. He very much does. Uh, that guy was in something else that I saw recently and it took me like half the time I watched it to realize who it was that he was the kid from American Vandal I forget what it was yeah he's one of those young actors that just you're like oh that guy yeah so uh speaking of young Sam is played by Flora Slorch oh yeah okay Flora Slorch what is what else has she done uh this is her only credit on IMDb oh wow Okay, wonder who she is. She uh, what's what's her deal? She is an actress known for the World's End, twenty thirteen. 
Yeah. Uh, oh, uh, that that actor that we were talking about from uh, American Vandal, Callum Worthy is his name, and he was the lead in Bodied. Oh, that's what it was. Yeah, yeah. Bodied was interesting, man. Did you ever watch Bodied? No, I wanted to, but I, I, it was like really hard to go see it because it was like not playing all day. It most. Oh theaters. yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I, it was I, like it'd be like one show or something. I watched it on VOD with some friends. Oh, okay. Yeah, I need to get I need to get on VOD. I think I was waiting to see if a streaming site picked it up, but I don't think anyone has it, yet. It's so. good. It's not it's not you know, as as like a cursory fan of of rap battle culture. Mm-hmm. I've never been to one, but you know, like on the YouTubes, my my friends and I got into like like, oh, this guy's really good, or like, oh yeah, this 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 site's a the site's fun. It's not, you know, it, it's I I really love uh, Joseph Kahn's other movie, Detention. Yes, and, so do I. And this one didn't hit quite as hard because it was kind of okay. It was making a weird. I just wanted a I just wanted a rap battle movie. Yeah, I wanted like Creed, but rap battle, and it was also Joseph Kahn's like, what's up with PC culture? Oh. What can we say? What can't we say? And and every, every t- and you know that I you know that pet peeve that I think we both have as writers where it's like oh this isn't the character talking this is Joseph Kahn talking yeah and but whenever we'd get into like the Scott Pilgrimy kind of like kineticism but performance like rap battle it was really cool but then it would stop and be like why can't we say this anymore I was like okay fucking Mark Maron oh boy yeah. And I stopped following him on Twitter ages ago, so I have no idea what like his headspace is like right now. Yeah. But yeah, uh, shout oh. out to Joseph Kahn. Shout out to Joseph Kahn. He is not listening. Shout to out! This. Shout out to Detention. Shout out to Detention for real. Detention is batshit crazy. Batshit crazy. And everyone, everyone should watch it because it's completely insane. Yeah, really great cast. Shout out to Spencer Locke. Uh, yeah, for sure. Josh Hutcherson. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so, so yeah, they. They uh they get into a fight at the beehive. They do. Yeah. Which the is beehive, the beehive looks chill. I like this set a lot. Yeah. It looks fun. I I like it because it looks so chill which makes them picking a fight in there like seem more ridiculous. <laughs> you're like you what know? are you doing? You picked a fight in the beehive. Yeah, it's like you're you're picking a fight in an applebee's or something. Like it just I don't know. Yeah. It just looks really chill. I like it. Uh, um, really good. Uh, we got Andy tearing his shirt off. Yeah, yeah. And then they uh, they head off to the to the the golf club. I really love their uh, their sidestepping. Yeah, I like the sidestepping. I I think it's interesting. Um, Stevens like weird waddle across the 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 grass. Yeah, that they're supposed to be keeping off of. Yep. Um, uh, keep almost up. like. It's like he's trying to pull something out of his pants. Mm-hmm. I don't know. And uh, uh, despite the signs' warnings to keep off the grass, they uh, they, they share a joint in the uh, yeah. in the greenhouse. Keep off the grass. Oh, I never got that joke. That's funny. That's pretty good. Uh, and this is and th- <laughs> this kind of brings warm memories to me. Just that kind of like when we were young, and you know, I'm kind of we're spoiled out here in California where we could just like have a pound of weed delivered to our house. Like we're fucking Scarface, but <laughs> like that, that age where you're like, okay, this Scar- is Scarface, very notable for his weed smoking. <laughs> oh, that's true. Scarface, <laughs> the rapper. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, Tony Montana. He loved the weed. He loved weed. He was a mellow dude. 
<laughs> First, I'm gonna take a nap, <laughs> and then I'm gonna chop you up. And then you get the tub. money. Then you get the women. The first. Then you get the chainsaw. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love these. Uh, I love these snap photos of the crew just like losing their mind, having a bad trip. Yeah. This again reminds me of a uh, of a a similar effect in um, a Doctor Who episode, uh, the Eleventh uh, Hour. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Where they're like, uh, I forget what the context of that was, but like there, there's like these moments where they're like, they're like trying to figure out where like uh, the baddie is, right? Mm-hmm. And they're like using like some kind of weird detective work thing, and they they like use these like snapshot things to like figure out where where they are right mm-hmm. yeah something like that i was thinking about um, the scene where 11 and amy share a joint in a, in a greenhouse yeah. yeah right exactly <laughs> um yeah so they all got paranoid yeah and it all yeah. went fuck up yeah um they all got paranoid and ran away it doesn't seem like andy got paranoid he seems like pretty chill still yeah i bet there's always like these like young kind of like high school college like smoke circles there's always like one dude who kind of like didn't really get a lot out of it uh-huh. or like barely hit it and then there's always one dude that like oh he got a good he he's he's gonna be feeling it yeah uh, you got a cough to get off like my friend jd wiggum always used to say <laughs> wow yeah <laughs> <laughs> um so then they uh they don't finish they don't yeah, they don't finish. They they go up to the they uh walk up to this uh this uh this you hill. know this sort of like hill like overlooking Newton Haven. In the script there's a there's a section they deleted out which was that um it says it says something like uh it's like we couldn't find the let's see. Uh where is it? It says uh Oh, we thought about taking the beast, but eventually decided against it. And then it says the beast crashes into a low wall, steam rising. <laughs> and then it's like, don't know how we got up there in the end. Maybe Lady Luck was with us after all. And then it, it has this. Um, I this um, So if, you, if I want to break this down, Shea Sharano style, and find where, th- where, where it all went wrong, I think it was a mistake to introduce weed into the adventure. Uh, yeah. I think but it, then when you're drunk, you think every idea is a good idea. Yeah, yeah. But I think if they hadn't have taken the trip to the greenhouse, if they had just stayed the course, I do think, I don't think Peter would have gotten out of commission. Yeah. I think because like weed makes you tired. Right. It kind of. And it, and it, and he has like severe anxiety. So. Yeah. It probably didn't, uh, didn't help it, things. It pro- like it didn't help that so much. He probably yeah. Whereas alcohol is a depressant, right? I think they could. I think they could have. And you know, they were they were what seventeen, eighteen years old. Mm-hmm. So they could have kept going. They weren't. They... Yeah, they probably could have kept going. So yeah, don't mix. I do, don't mix your vices, I, kids. I do have to. I have to point out that um, uh, on this hill. Gary is the last man standing because hey. Steve falls mm-hmm. down to the ground and then and then he's got Andy up until like the last second and then he finally falls backwards and passes out and Gary is the last one still awake mm-hmm. and and looking out on this town that is never going to be this good again. 
This is this is the best night of Gary's life. Do you do you have a uh, a moment like that in your life? No, God no. Yeah, neither do I. No, yeah, I don't. I don't know what. I mean, I I think that the night that I showed the short films I directed in a theater. Oh yeah. Aww. That was pretty nice, I but I wouldn't for... say that that's like the best night of my life, but it's one that I remember. It was an important night. I was there for that. That's awesome. Yeah, you were there. Um, but yeah, like, you know, that... thinking that Bethany wasn't going to be able to come and then she surprised me. Mm-hmm. That was good. That was a good party, too. Yeah, that was a good party afterwards. Yeah. So like that was a pretty good night. Yeah. I I, I mean, I'm blessed enough to have a bunch of like, wow, this is a really good moment or this is a really good night. Yeah. It, even this past year, I had I had when I had like a rap party for this thing that I was filming. And I got drunk for the first time in a long time. And, oh wow! And I remember, I remember clocking it and being like, "This is a really good moment. Like, remember this. This is the this is one of the good ones." But I've always the way I viewed my life has always been that the best is yet to come. Yeah, that's how I feel about it too. Like, yeah. especially when I was a teenager and I wasn't super happy with my life or super at home with myself. I remember thinking, "Oh, but someday." It'll be yeah. awesome. I just have to get through this part of my life and then to get to the good stuff. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, I, I guess we're lucky. I guess we're lucky that both of us, we never really were the type to like peak early in high school. I don't agree with that sort of trope in fiction where it's like, oh, those football dudes, man, like they're, they peaked early, you know? I don't, sure, sure. But I definitely, to a certain extent, believe that there are people who... We're like, I, you know, people that are like, oh man, it never got better than when I was in college or it never got better than when I was in high school. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I knew a lot of Gary Kings, but I, I was definitely not a Gary King. Mm-hmm. Um, like I was not, I, I, I didn't, I know people who peaked in high school. I definitely did not. Yeah. Um, for sure. Where I, I wouldn't, yeah. uh, that kind of trope of like going back and meeting your, if I met, if I met 2010, Nick. I would probably just like give him a hug. Mm-hmm. Be like, "Hey, buddy, chill out. <laughs> yeah, you're okay." Um, and then we get and then beat the shit out. <laughs> we get a we get a sh- we get we we see the 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 network landing in Newton Haven. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a real Cloverfield moment. Yeah, there's a there's a shooting star. Um, and that is the that is the moment that the network lands in Newton Haven. Um, so they 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 are also uh, very connected to this night. Mm-hmm. It's it's a very it's a very subtle effect. It's really cool. Yeah, no, it's really good because it makes it even harder to see because dawn is breaking. Mm-hmm. So the sky isn't dark, but you can you can kind of vaguely see it, and it's just. It's this like shooting star that lands right into Newton Haven. Yeah, I'm glad they don't call attention to it. Like, oh, that's, yeah, that's that's weird. yeah. It's just something that you're supposed to pick up on when you go see it again. Watch it twelve more times. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then we get uh, our first shot of Simon Pegg, which is which is so great because I I just love like. <laughs> Uh, like I, I remember sitting up on top of that hill, blood on my knuckles, beer down my shirt, sick on my shoes, seeing the orange glow of a new dawn break and knowing in my heart, life would never feel this good again. <laughs> and you know what? It never did. <laughs> it's, 
it's just like it's the funniest saddest thing i've ever heard like his his yeah like that that is objectively a sad sentence but he's saying it with so much warmth (laughs) and love and just you know i mean the the first shot i was right i was right and you know the the first moments of what i firmly believe to be simon pegg's greatest performance uh just so simultaneously like merry but yet hiding and holding back just a dam of sorrow yeah and regret and it's right. all in the eyes yeah where the and it's and it's like it's it's the it's the thing it's like this is his survival mechanism is thinking about all of the this this nostalgia that he has Mm -hmm. right and it's like he doesn't feel like he has anything left to live for like there's there's nothing else like he's just living like he's just existing he's existing he's not living right he's existing he's not living and that's why he tried to kill himself and it's a thing where it's like you know, I I don't I, I, like suicide is like a scary idea. Like the the fact that anyone would ever want to do that is really scary, and the fact that like anyone ever thinks about doing it is really scary. Yeah, um, you know the uh, the uh, I, I I was thinking about the uh, I, I was thinking about the happening the other mm-hmm. day, and I I I'm I'm an avowed. M. Night Shyamalan fan. I'm a I'm a supporter of M. Night Shyamalan. <laughs> right. Uh, but even though he's made movies that I don't enjoy, that I think aren't well made, and I think The Happening yeah. is one of those movies that doesn't work because The Happening should be fucking terrifying. Yeah. Because I agree with you, Scott. Uh, I, suicide is something that is very scary to me. Mm-hmm. And the idea of looking down the barrel of your life and instead of seeing... Uh, God, I, I just read this amazing play by Zoe Kazan, where they uh, called um, called after the after the blast, where this this woman is talking to uh, a robot, sort of an Alexa style like home robot, uh-huh. and the robot is like the the woman's talking about suicide, and it's like, well, you know, it's like looking at your day, looking at your life, and realizing that nothing's going to change, nothing's going to get better you've you've seen everything and felt everything you're going to feel and you're like i'm out i'm I'm checking out and the robot says like well that's that's not true like that's that that's uh i can that's not true because and every single any given day has limitless potential for surprise yeah you can wake up on the left side of your bed instead of the right side of your bed you can listen to this song instead of that song a bird could hit your window uh, a cat could be left at your doorstep, you know, S- scientifically speaking, every single day, even if you live in a nine to five monotony has limitless potential for surprise and remix and differences. Mm-hmm. And yet the disease, the, uh, the chemicals in your brain can get into you and tell you that that's not true. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I just found that really fascinating and that like, yeah, like if you, if you think about it, Every any human life has limitless potential for surprise and new, mm-hmm. but sorrow can get in there, and like you know, chemicals can get in there and affect your perception of that change and say, "No, I'm good." 
Yeah. It's already peaked. Everything else is just going to be shit. Yeah. None of this matters. Yeah. None of this, none of this matters. Even the people that I will be making sad. I, it's, it's just the, the, the pressure on my chest or how, you know, whatever externally happens to you is too much. Yeah. Yeah. And I think in the, in the, in, in, you know, Gary King's case, I think one of the, one of the things that is probably, probably went through his mind is like, you know, this is a guy who is obsessed with nostalgia and his thought process was probably like, you know, cause there's always, uh, 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 suicide is, is inherently like somewhat of a selfish act. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, because you're just doing it for you. Right. You're not mm-hmm. doing it for anyone else. But I think that there was probably be, if you had a conversation with Gary about it, part of it would probably be, well, I wanted them to remember me as I was not as I am now. Sure. It's, it's- and so if I end it now, if it's done, if I'm done, Right. There's no other sad stories they can have about me. They can just think fondly of the guy I was that they knew in high school. Mm -hmm. Kind of the I I would rather end it now than go down this road that might end up being too difficult for me or leave me leave me battered and scarred to a point to where I would be unrecognizable. Right. Right. I, I would just be this Gary shaped husk. Which is a lot of what this movie's about. You know, this movie is dealing with depression in a different way than I've ever seen depicted in something before. Mm-hmm. Um, I like weirdly a more a real way where it's not depicting depression as sadness. I'm sad. Mm-hmm. Oh, they're depressed. Like, cause it's more than that, right? It's more complicated of a, of a feeling than that. And I think that. Simon Pegg's performance in this film is doing a really good job of depicting what it's actually like, where you don't really know what's going on in someone's head, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I remember when I saw this movie for the first time and you get the reveal that, you know, you think you watch this and you think like, oh, he's an AA. Like, right. Yeah. Right. It seems very obvious that that's what this is. But then at the end, when he reveals the, the, the the, tag, yeah, the bandages on his Mm -hmm. wrists and the, and the tag, you realize that he, attempted to commit suicide um, and failed. And you have to think like, well, wait a minute. Like he seems so, yeah, like he had problems, but he seemed to have like a good head on his shoulder the whole movie. Like, you know, like as far as emotionally speaking, like he has a lot of problems, but he seemed to be like happy to be with his friends and, Mm -hmm. and all of this. And it's like this crazy combination of, clinical depression and alcoholism yeah yeah that 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 has like turned his life sideways yeah you know i know you know as someone as someone who has struggled with uh with with depression and i have a complicated relationship with nostalgia in that i don't you know i think scott you know me as a person who tends to always look towards the future Mm mm-hmm Sure. It's to always be like, what if I, oh, like this is happening. This is coming out. This is about to happen. This is great. And I'm still young. And, you know, I, you know, not to get too into my personal life, but I remember just looking at my phone and seeing my, my bank account and being like, wow, I remember a few years ago or a few months ago where what I'm looking, the number I'm looking at right now would have been crazy to me. Mm-hmm. You know, and like, oh, like a, to, by certain metrics, my life is better. I am physically healthier. I am kinder to myself. And yet I was listening to uh, 
the new Dua Lipa, Dua Lipa album. God damn it. I feel so old that I stumbled over <laughs> that. But uh, the, the, uh, And the album is called Future Nostalgia. And it's a fucking amazing album. And I was just jamming to it in my in my self-isolation yesterday. Just like, this is fucking great. But then I also had this pang, this pain, this nut, this kind of this this thing in my head where I'm like, would you have enjoyed this more before? Or are you enjoying this as much as you should or could? Mm-hmm. Are you feeling more happy? Are you are you not are you feeling as much happiness as you could? Or are, are, will you ever feel as happy as you did back then? Right. Will I ever be happy, as happy as I was X amount of years ago or X amount of months ago? Right. And when you when you fall into the trap of no, then suicide does sun, suddenly become like, oh, well, if I'm never going to feel better again or as good as I used to, should I just check out or should I clock out? And, and the answer that I'm coming to is that that's a fallacy, that right. this is the present moment. Your memories of the past aren't real. Right. This is real. The, the only, the, 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 you know, this is the only time that matters is right now. Right. Right. Which is what Gary has to learn. Yes. In over the course of this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, yeah, it is a fallacy because of course you're happier objectively you're probably <laughs> happier when you're younger because you have less to worry about yeah right yeah 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 like you don't have to do anything like mm-hmm. you 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 can just worry about the only thing you have to focus on is being happy like that's it mm-hmm. and now it's like well now like you have to focus on surviving yeah and so being happy suddenly takes a back seat to surviving yeah and you can't and life isn't just like sitting down and watching netflix Without right. a care in the world, it's also being like, okay, am I surviving? Right. And the idea of being happy is, I think, more rewarding now, where it's like maybe you're not going to ever be as blissfully happy as you were when you were younger, but also ignorance is bliss. So, yeah. you know, as you grow older, those moments of happiness mean more. Yeah. And and I think that and and I think that's part of what Gary has to learn um over the course of this as well. Yeah, and I think it's something that we all could do with is that you know, I mean like I'm dealing with it right now as I transition into my 30s. All of my friends, so many of my friends are starting to like my I love her, but my a friend of mine just threw a 30th birthday party and it was like funeral themed. Oh. Cuz it was like cuz I'm dead, cuz my youth is over, cuz like every it's all downhill from here right and oh woof and i had this moment where i was like i was like hey like this was all fun but you know you're you're fucking 30 like you're just getting started right like yeah that's bullshit and i, and I do think it's it, i mean it's definitely and it's harder for women because of our fucking society where we sure and you know but yeah like we we tend to say that that our lives are over by the time we're x amount of years old but then i think you do look at older people and there is kind of a a, 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 a sereneness to them, a happiness to them because they kind of, the value of it becomes different. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, So I guess, I guess we can leave people there because he's just you know, so fucking I, good in this, in this, these few seconds. Yeah, he is really fucking insanely good. I also think it's important to to point out, and I think this is because it 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 links to something I want to talk about in tomorrow's minute. 
Um, but there's a moment like when we when we introduce him, we first see Gary King, age 40, played by Simon Pegg. It is in a very similar shot as the introduction of Sean in Sean of the Dead. Yeah. Just a, um, a stark it, close up. Uh, yeah. Just a stark close up of like, OK, we're just we're looking at this guy. Um, and it's a very similar it's not a similar scene, but it is in a way because it is just the main character sitting surrounded by other people that don't um, understand him, that don't understand him and that he feels uncomfortable. with. I mean, like his, his legs are so fidgety, you know? Yeah. Yeah. He doesn't want to yeah. be there. Right. Um, and, and this will, this will connect to something I want to talk about uh, in tomorrow's minute. Um, but remember that shot because it's uh, it's important for my argument that I'm going to make tomorrow. Great, but um, yeah, it is. Uh, it seems to be a, a a a recreation to an extent because you can only recreate a shot so much with a different DP. You know, sure. Um, and you know, because a DP is not going to want to recreate someone else's shot, so <laughs> they're going to put their own spin on it. And Bill Pope puts his own spin on it here, um, but it is, I think creatively it is meant to uh remind us of the opening shot of Shaun of the dead yeah um and uh i'll talk more about that in tomorrow's minute can't wait but uh as far as today goes uh duelinggenre.com slash merch uh we have a really fun t public site uh mm-hmm. t public has been really good to us uh you can get stickers or shirts or mugs made with uh, the Cornetto Minute logo or, or uh, you know, Geek by Night, Doctor's Companion. And then uh, just if you feel like just scrolling around Public, and especially right now supporting independent artists, there's all kinds of cool stuff. Uh, I'm, I'm, I've bought some, some of my favorite shirts on Public. I've got my Holdo Maneuver shirt. My uh, I, I have a shirt with the uh, the Covenant from Alien Covenant, like the ship logo, the crew logo. And uh, there's just all kinds of fun stuff there. And, and if you go to duelinggenre.com slash merch, anything you order from the T Public store, a little bit of it goes to us and you're helping us out. It's just a yeah, win, just a win sure. all around. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm going to try and get the all of the World's End stuff up um, this week sometime as you guys are listening to this. So uh, all of the season three Cornetto stuff will be will be up in the uh in the shop can't wait and if you have any ideas for uh cornetto minute merch let us know yeah. on our facebook group the cornetto minute listeners pub absolutely and uh we'll be back tomorrow with minute five but for now let's boo boo that man again Bye-bye.